It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome as we get ready for today's game against Colorado, or tonight's game, I should say. The Sharks coming off a very nice overtime win last night. We were all excited to see it. I know that some of you were like, ah, oh, it would have been better if they had a loss, but I'm sorry, you've gone two weeks without a win. They had had some really tough decisions in there with the uh, 6-3 and 8-3 losses happening on back-to-back -back games. They're losing talent at the deadline been a tough situation for the team and they needed something a little bit of uh, a bolt of energy into their strides and that's why I do value that win so much like this was something that they definitely needed to get into their game just to show a little bit of confidence to themselves to prove to themselves once again that they were capable of winning games even in the midst of uh, a very difficult stretch for the San Jose Sharks there's no doubt about it there's nothing in that capacity to where you can't um, you know, you're not going to argue that it's been difficult. And I know that some of you want more difficulty because it is potentially leading to a better draft spot. But again, I, you know, you need a win. You need these guys all to have that good feeling about their games, about themselves, just to take that into the next game. And yeah, they're going to be more losses. So these good moments, as few and far between as they might seem right now, you need them in one way or another. All right, we're going to talk about tonight's opponent with our good friend, Connor McGahee, the radio play-by-play -play voice of the abs and connor what's going on man you excited to give a ring to nico sturm all right we are now joined by the voice of the abs it is connor mcgahee our good friend what's going on mr mcgahee are you excited to uh give a ring to nico sturm tonight <laughs> uh first of all hello theodore um <laughs> and uh yeah it, it's it we were talking i was talking with peter ball our athletic uh, writer uh, about Nico Sturm at Morning Skate this morning, and uh, obviously a, a later addition to the team last year, but still a part of of the team that won the cup. And uh, you know, he had his uh, his moment uh, in the final. There, he went off a of Cagliano instead of Nico Sturm's stick, but he's still a, a part of a group that uh, that won the cup, and that's something that he can that he can always say. And as Jared Bednar said in his media availability this morning, I always have soft spots for guys who helped us win the cup. And Nico Sturm uh, surely did that for the Avs. You know, in San Jose, we've been really impressed by what a leader he has been in the midst of what has been a, a pretty, um, you know, not, I guess disappointing might not be the right word because I think a lot of us saw the writing on the wall, but just what hasn't been a fun year, but he's been the guy to stand up and, you know, it only took till the fifth straight loss to open the year before he was kind of calling things out and being very um, blunt about his assessments. However, you know, he did it in a way that 
obviously earned him respect quickly in the dressing room. Was that what you saw last year, or is this maybe something new to him? And maybe it's different because he wasn't, um, you know, last year he was entering a good situation later in the year, whereas he was in San Jose the entire season. Well, no, I, I didn't really see that at all. And I can't blame him because you're coming into a locker room of a, uh, a core group uh, of elite players that's been together through hell or high water uh, with, I mean, Captain Gabe Landeskog, uh, Nathan McKinnon, who's a superstar, Kale McCarr, who won every trophy uh, a man last year. Mika Rantanen uh, is there. You have uh, a bunch of players who have been together and, and really can communicate without talking. And that isn't exactly um, – an odium for Nico Sturm to come in and uh, and speak up and 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 do that. He didn't feel the need to. Um, it was interesting because it was Cogliano who sort of filled that role. Uh, another former San Jose Shark who is playing in his 1200th career NHL game tonight. Um, Cogliano was the guy who gave the speech before Game Six really? of the Stanley Cup Final, where the Avalanche uh, beat. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, two two to one. And Cogliano got up and wanted to speak to the group, and he was the one who did that. And I think that Sturm is is a very intelligent hockey player mm-hmm. and can definitely read the room, and the room didn't need him to do anything like that. And the, the situation is probably different now with the Sharks. The room maybe needed him a little bit more. So um, I applaud his his uh, ability to read that and his versatility to, to also be a guy. Um because I, I, I always sort of viewed him as a, as a quiet type. And so to hear that he, you know, had the uh, the ability in him to step up and, and say something to a group, uh, I think just adds to uh, his versatility as a hockey player. Yeah, and you talked about his intelligence. I mean, I think that's what we all noticed very, very quickly, especially because, you know, being in the positions we are, we look for the athletes that are natural speakers and Nico Sturm, it seems like you can just put a microphone in front of him and let him go. I mean, that was the thing that just really, really took me by, um, you know, not necessarily surprised, but it was like, oh, wow, this guy is going to be a great interview all year long. And I mean, it's the kind of thing where you immediately think to yourself, boy, he's got a, a future in broadcasting when this whole hockey business is over. Well, and he can do it in two languages, too. That's, you know that's what I mean? true. Let's, let's bring uh, NHL Deutschland to the front. Uh while we're at it, uh, he would he could he could do it very easily there. But yeah, I mean you you see his his maturity as a player too. You know, I mean everyone talked about that with Gabe Landeskog when he became the youngest captain at the time uh, in NHL history. When because everyone never viewed him necessarily as a Swede, they viewed him as a Canadian because his English was almost better than his Swedish at the time. After he he came to the Avalanche after being the captain of the Kitchener Rangers in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, but I, I, I get a very similar feeling from Nico Sturm that uh, he, he's very well-spoken and, and knows what to say. And it's not just cliches or platitudes thrown all over the place. Uh, it is it is very well thought out, very well-spoken. And you're right, I think he's got uh, a future at kicking uh, either of us off the airwaves, quite possibly. <laughs> but not, not without a fight from us, that, that'll be sure. Um... Oh, no, 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 no. And I, hey, well, I... You know, he's German, but I'm Irish. You know, we put up a fight. You know what I mean? I'm not going to go <laughs> quietly. I'm keeping the recording to this for that inevitable day. When, uh, <laughs> you know, we've got Bruce Buffer announcing you guys. But, um, uh, you know, I, I got to um, ask about you know, the where are the abs right now? Because, 
you know, the injuries have been such a huge part of the discussion. I mean, what do you see right now when you're looking at this team? And I guess, you know, the 30,000-foot the view for fans in San Jose. Yeah, the injuries have been the the story. Uh, we're talking a lot about Gabe Landeskog. He hasn't played a game yet this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he had to have knee surgery again. He had it done last March before playoffs. I, I think played through a lot of pain en route to the Stanley Cup and then uh, had – surgery again in the fall and uh it's just been a slow road coming back so no Gabe Landis cog for the entire year um the avalanche have used uh, a franchise record 43 players now with Keith Kincaid uh making an appearance in between the pipes in Dallas on Saturday um but you're you're missing uh a lot of veteran presence you're missing mm-hmm. a lot of size I mean that that seven three loss to the stars on Saturday you didn't have Josh Manson uh, who, I, who I saw this morning and was talking to. I am not a tall man by any stretch, but I'm I'm looking up at Josh Manson. He's a big human being. Eric Johnson, the same thing, broken ankle, but he was back on the ice today. Um, big body. You were missing Valerian and Chushkin for a long time there. Big body. Uh, you know, basically should be in the Selkie conversation for, uh, for here to the end of time with the way that he plays uh Gabe Landeskog also a big body so you're missing a lot of your size and you're missing a lot of your character and personalities too I mean it's a quieter group for the most part and you don't really have anybody who is that gregarious or or, or can really keep it light I think Bo Byram is that guy he he loves to laugh he loves to keep it loose but beyond that you don't have a, a ton of that Nico Ranton and maybe for a bit but I think just with it's not just the amount of injuries, it's who's been injured for Colorado that's made a difference. And the lineup has pretty much been different every night. So you can't get that consistency, which develops that chemistry, which leads to success. Now, everyone talking about this because the Avalanche have uh, only got one point their last three games, but they won 12 out of 16 prior to that. You know, mm-hmm. they had uh, a very successful run that that really put them back in in a position to try and win the central division. So um, everyone pointing to last year's consistency. Well, you had one of the most dominant teams in, in the modern day national hockey league last year, both in the regular season and playoffs, you didn't have a ton of injuries and you need health and you need luck in order to win. And the avalanche haven't had a ton of that. So the fact that they're playing leapfrog with the Winnipeg jets, uh, who the sharks, uh, I guess kind of did a favor for the Avalanche last night and beating them in <laughs> overtime. Uh, but it's been Winnipeg and and Colorado just switching spots. And who's going to be third in the Central? Who's going to be a wild card team? Both sort of keeping an eye on Minnesota for that second spot in the Central. And and even the Central Division crown is not not out of the realm of possibilities because Colorado does have at least three games in hand on everybody else in the West except Nashville. Yeah, you know, we saw that video of Landeskog the other day in his, um, you know, rehab stuff and literally stride by stride. I mean, it's very, it's, yeah. it's you know, that it's, I mean, that's the thing. You know, we just had Nikolai Knizhov come back after missing, um, you know, he hadn't played since May 12th, 2021. He had the groin injury, then he had the torn Achilles. And, you know, we, we see the, the, you know, the fanfare when they're back out there on the ice, but to give that that very, in my opinion, was very intimate look at the rehab process and like the frustration that you know what he is. And to see him literally one striding it, doing those exercises, I, I mean, the mental frustrations that must be going on for him, 
have got to be through the roof. And then is there, is there any update on a timeline on when he might be able to return? No, there's not. Um, there's no timeline on, on, frankly, anybody at this point. I mean, we, I didn't even talk about Pavel Francouz, right. who was your one eight netminder. Uh, he was supposed to be three weeks. We're at that point now. And uh, that has come and gone with him not even on the ice yet. Uh, so no timelines. Francois, Landeskog, Johnson, Manson, uh, Darren Helm did skate with the group this morning in a non-contact sweater. So that's a, a good sign for, for his possible return um, probably sooner than, than anybody else. But when it comes to Landeskog, I mean, you, you talk about a bigger view. I can't imagine. You, you just watch the amount of work that any player has to put in away from the group before they even, you know, join the lineup. And it's it's an extraordinary amount of work, more work than it would be if you were just coming out of training camp and, and trying to do whatever it is that you do on a daily basis. And Landis Gog has put in the gym time. He's put in the rehab. He's seen different professionals to try and, and get him into a spot where he can come back. And the video you're describing, it's almost like, you know, learning how to speed skate in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just trying to get that that knee to a, to a place where he feels confident in it. And, um, and that's a, sometimes injuries can be a mental hurdle as much as a physical hurdle. And when you have multiple surgeries on the same injury or you're injured, you come back and then you re hurt the same thing, which is Darren Helm and Josh Manson situation that almost turns into a, a, a mental block. I think almost more than, than the physical, because you don't have the confidence in whatever that bone or muscle or joint or ligament is. And you need that confidence in order to go out and play as well as you know how to play. So um, I think the mental gymnastics are almost as, as uh, a prevalent thing as 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 the time on the ice and so that's why it's uh, i i always have all the sympathy in the world for professional athletes who are coming or trying to come back from injuries that have have taken longer than they should or they've had to repair multiple times because um and that goes with concussions as well we've mm-hmm. had to deal that kale mccarr had to basically sit out two weeks uh, on either side of, of two collisions with his head and and uh, you don't want those injuries to seep into the brain uh, for too long because that could lead to you being out longer than you should be. Yeah, we know too much at this point. Um, you know, everyone looks at the, what, what the team was able to do last year, and it kind of reminds me of what Boston is going through this year where everybody's saying that they're like a, like a buzzsaw. And it just goes to show you, though, like it's, you've been through it now. You know that as good as Colorado was last year, it was still so incredibly hard to get the win. I mean, calls go a different way in that series. We could be talking about a different outcome. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from Colorado, but it's not like their brilliance throughout the entirety of the year. Still, it took everything they had to beat Tampa and dethrone them. And it was, it made it that much more impressive to me because they beat the back-to-back reigning champions, but it's not, it's not easy. I mean, I think like you got to see it firsthand just how difficult it is for a great, great, historically great team to still win it all. Yeah. And remember, they won the president's trophy the year before Mm -hmm. and it was an early exit. Same thing for the Florida Panthers last year. And the Panthers are on the verge of being one of only four teams ever to win the president's trophy and then miss the playoffs the following season. Um, So to that point, you need 
uh, your team chemistry to be consistent. You need the health. You need the bounces. You need the calls. You need everything to go your way in order to win a Stanley Cup. And that's exactly what happened with the Avalanche last year. Now, the the way that they played um, was dominant. It really was. It was hard for teams to deal with. Um, but it's not always that. It is It is mostly that with the added ingredients of, of health and, and luck, frankly. The, the luckiest team is always the team that wins. And it doesn't matter what sport. It doesn't matter what level. The luckiest team is always the team that wins. And I think they'll... They'll tell you that players who have won, but they also say that you create your own luck. And mm-hmm. the Avalanche did a lot of that last year, whether it was inside the Blues series where they had the chance to close it out at home. Nathan McKinnon scores a ridiculous end-to-end goal to complete a hat trick and go up with two minutes left uh, on the Blues, who end up coming back to tie it and then win it in overtime. And the Avalanche could have easily wilted in Game Six in St. Louis, but they didn't. Darren Helm scores with just seconds left in order to beat the blues and and move on to the western conference final for the first time in 20 years so it requires luck but it also is true that your abilities and your work ethic create the luck that uh, that you enjoy during during a run like that what are you expecting to see from colorado tonight and then also you know that juxtaposed with your thoughts about the sharks heading into this game yeah, I, I I expect a much better performance from the Avalanche. I mean, Jared Bednar usually is pretty private, I think, with his his adjustments and his criticism of his team, but he's been more public post-game um, the other night after the overtime loss to Seattle on his local coaches show this morning, public with his criticism of his team. And he doesn't go to that well very often mm-hmm. um, and, and, frankly, hasn't had to. But when he does... Uh, the team knows that, and I think they know it regardless, but they know that they, they have to bounce back and do things the way that they know brought them, them success. And that's simple things as, as taking care of the puck and, and skating. When you're missing a lot of that size in the lineup, you can't, you can't be coasting to everything. You have to be just going the extra mile when it comes to work. And one thing we know about David Quinn coach teams is that they work hard. And so I think the Avs know that. They also know that the start will be important. They have not started well lately. Um, down 3 nothing, the Devils at home last Wednesday. Down 2 nothing, early to the Stars the other night. Um, fortunately, they got the, the first goal versus the Kraken. But their starts have been a problem. And they know with a team that for once is coming in to play them on a second half of a back-to-back instead of the, the other way around like Colorado has been used to over the past two weeks. Um, they know that the start is going to be more important than ever. So I think they're painfully aware of what this game means to them in the standings and to their race with both the Winnipeg Jets and the Minnesota Wild. So I expect them to play their best in a couple of weeks tonight. Connor, always a pleasure chatting it up with you. I appreciate your time. Have a great call tonight, and we will talk soon, all right? Thanks, Ted. Nice talking to you. Thank you. Again, that is one of my favorite people in this industry, Connor McGahee, joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network to take a look at what we're going to see in tonight's game. And yeah, I mean, injuries, just the entire story of the season 
for the Avs. However, if they can get a little bit of health going into the Stanley Cup playoffs, then look out. I think that is, even if the Sharks aren't in the race right now for the playoffs, the next five weeks are going to be absolutely wild in the NHL. It'll be really entertaining. It'll be really, really fun to see how all these races wind up, who's going to be in, who's not going to be in. I, for one, am very much looking forward to it. But we are just about out of time. Be sure to join us at 5.30 for live pregame coverage right here on the Sharks Audio Network. And then I'll be back with you tomorrow morning for Morning Tide. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.